This is Curl Up with a Cat Tale, and I'm Gwen Cooper, the New York Times bestselling author of numerous cat-centric titles, including Homer's Odyssey, A Fearless Feline Tale, or How I Learned About Love and Life with a Blind Wonder Cat, Spray Anything, More True Tales of Homer and the Gang, and The Book of Possum, Head Bonks, Raspy Tongues, and 101 Reasons Why Cats Make Us So, So Happy. We're here to celebrate all things feline and to tell inspirational cat tales. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of Curl Up with a Cat Tale with Gwen Cooper. I am Gwen Cooper, your host, and so genuinely delighted to be back here with you after an unplanned hiatus, which I will tell you all about momentarily. Uh, We actually have much to talk about. There is some exciting news. Uh, There's going to be a new edition of Homer's Odyssey for those of you in the UK, and uh, a kind of a little, little tiny scooch of a sequel to Love Saves the Day. And I will tell you guys all about that coming up. Um, But first, I I promised a friend of mine that I would throw something out there to the collective wisdom of my my cat-loving audience and and people who have more experience with cats than I do. Um, Some of you I know are are veterinary professionals and might be able to help out. It is so great, by the way, I I have to say, to be back here. I, I did not fully appreciate how much I missed this. Um, but yeah, so I, I promised my friend, and before I forget, I want to make sure I get this out here, uh, because my friend has a cat who is experiencing kind of a mysterious medical situation, and I wanted to see if anybody else might be able to identify the problem that has uh, a couple of different veterinarians stumped. So my friend's cat, um, he experiences occasional intense periods of of extreme fatigue where he he just cannot lift his head up he cannot eat he cannot move around just really intense extreme fatigue um a couple of times he he lost some fur in clumps although that is not a persistent problem but it is something that happened um outside of these periods of intense fatigue he is a normal cat and i i understand what you're you're probably thinking like cats sleep a lot come on you know is is he fatigued or is he just being a cat is he just being really lazy and he doesn't feel like moving i mean i've certainly had cats who you know you're 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 trying to sweep or vacuum and they don't want to move out of the way and you're kind of nudging them with your toe and they are just not budging and this is not that um, she is an experienced cat guardian and has lived with cats for, I mean, something like 40 or 50 years at this point. She's had cats since she was a little kid, um, and now she's in her 50s. So this is something a little bit different. She's taken him to the vet uh, v- multiple times for this problem. One time she took him and he was a little bit dehydrated, the tests revealed, um, but she tends to think, and I tend to agree that that is possibly anomalous because it was just the one time. Uh, but they did a bunch of tests uh, for everything. They've tested him for everything. They are not able to find a problem. My initial thinking, to tell you the truth, was that it it might be, you know, they're, and they're saying to her that it might be an autoimmune disorder. Um, it kind of sounds that way to me. To tell you the truth, it reminds me of a a human friend of mine who had Lyme disease 
And it was a year of, of weird random symptoms, including intense periods of fatigue and occasional hair loss. And what, what we learned from that experience is that with Lyme disease, it's not so much that they test you for Lyme disease as they rule out everything else because it can be very difficult to detect Lyme disease. Um, so it's possible that it's, it's something like that, but I'm just curious to know. If anybody else here has any experience or or has had any type of a similar situation with their cat and might be able to shed some light on the matter, if you do, go ahead and hit me in the comments or shoot me an email to gwen at gwencooper.com. Or you could just go to my website, gwencooper.com, and utilize the contact form there. I am always delighted to hear from listeners and readers and from people in general, because seriously, you guys, it's can be a very lonely life being a writer. You know, I uh, I don't have coworkers as such. So always a pleasure to to hear from other cat lovers such as yourselves. And uh, as promised, now uh, I will, having gotten that out of the way, um, we'll talk about a, a little bit about uh, what has kept me from you for low these many weeks. And uh, I know I've talked about this before, but uh, yeah, you know, my I, I had a back problem again. Um, I, I guess I should back up a little bit and say that that I've always had some sort of, you know, kind of muscular skeletal problems, if I am saying that correctly. And if I am not, please forgive me. Uh, going back to when I was a very little kid, actually, here's a little bit of, of Gwen Cooper trivia that Lawrence may not even know, just because it's something I, I really don't even think about anymore, um, which is why I don't really talk about it. But I, I am pigeon-toed. And when I was a small child, I was very pigeon-toed. And I had to wear leg braces, actually, for a couple of years while I was a very, very young child. Um, I don't remember it super clearly. I do have some memories of it. Uh, but this the point being that this is a problem that, that goes way back. Um, everything is from my lower back down is, is slightly out of alignment. And as I age... This is becoming more of a problem, I guess. And so I am prone to kind of throwing things out of balance, um, especially, you know, my lower back and hip area. Things slide out of place, tend to slide out of place a little bit. And, you know, it's not, again, it has not really been a problem for most of my life, but the last, since I turned 40, it occasionally is a problem. So... I am working now with a very talented chiropractor and a physical therapist. I'm seeing the chiropractor twice a month and the physical therapist twice a week. And I am working on building up my core muscles. Uh, you know, of course, any lower back problems are exacerbated greatly by the fact that I am a desk jockey. I, I do. I am mindful of doing that thing where you get up every 20 minutes and walk around. I walk a lot in general. Um, you know, New Yorkers, we we walk because <laughs> all other modes of transportation are very, very expensive. And even though I live in Jersey City now, it's a very walkable area. And uh, of course, we we spend a lot of time in Manhattan, that, that, that being the reason that we have made a point of living, continuing to live so close to Manhattan. So I do walk around a lot. Um, but, you know, there... 
There are, there are now perfect solutions. I'm also now wearing orthopedic slippers around the house. So that's fun. I guess it's actually not so bad, but I, I will admit that in the summer, one of the things that I love about the warmer weather is that I can walk around barefoot. And it would seem that my walking around barefoot days are over. You know, it's all about keeping everything from my hips all the way down to the balls of my feet in the correct position at all times to the greatest extent possible. But the point being that I was in bed for a couple of weeks and I was seeing a chiropractor and I was seeing a physical therapist, but I, I was just very stiff. I, I really could not move and, and I was in quite a bit of pain. Um, and I will tell you, though, honestly, I was talking to a friend of mine. I mean, the truth of the matter is that, I mean, pain, pain is pain. Um, but it wasn't the pain itself that was so hard for me. There were two things that were very difficult. The first is that when you're lying in bed for several weeks with a back problem and in pain, you start to worry. You definitely start to not even worry. You get the feeling that the pain is never going to go away and that you are going to be one of those people that you read about who has a back injury. They've been in an accident, whatever it is, and they are now in constant pain and there is just nothing that can be done about it except for them to constantly take painkillers, which, of course, the, the the efficacy wears off over time. And, and this is how some people become addicted to painkillers. Uh, but, but you start to worry that you are going to be one of those people, that this is it. This is this is what your life is going to be from now on. And then, of course, it, it's, you know, it's all well and good to to not be working and to hang out and to read a lot of books and, and certainly something that I love to do. But spending several weeks in bed, um, not able to, you know, it's one thing to play hooky and it's another thing to not be able to work. And of course, in addition to not being able to work, I wasn't able to do anything else that I enjoy doing either except watch TV or read books. And I enjoy TV and books as much as the the next TV and book loving gal. But even I have my limits to how much of that I can do before it just gets depressing. And and that is the the other problem the, the the was the other problem with this um and I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. I am definitely a person like a lot of writers, I guess. Um I, I am somewhat prone to depression. Uh, I actually feel that I'm lucky that I have certain, you, you know, it's it's interesting because I am innately an optimist, which does not seem to go hand in hand with having a tendency toward depression. Um, these are two qualities in my case that tend to balance each other out, which is why for the most part, I am able to do things like I'm going to write a book and try to get it published and think that that's actually possible um, without going sailing too far off into flights of fancy on the one hand. And on the other hand, as bad, my, even in my worst bouts of depression, I have never been completely sunk to the point where I just couldn't even imagine any kind of a better life for myself. Having said that, when you are in bed and in pain for three weeks, not only is the situation inherently depressing, but it gives you way too much time to think about everything that bothers you, everything that other people have done that have hurt your feelings, everything you have done to other people that you are ashamed of, um, all the work-related projects that you should be working on that you're not, um, 
every mistake you've ever made, every every bit of potential you think you might have had that went unfulfilled, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. It, it in a nutshell, nobody is benefited ever by having too much time to think about themselves. And yet when you are lying in bed with a back injury, inevitably, once you have exhausted all other things to think about, your thoughts come back to you. So even after I was up and around and out of bed and and moving around, I was depressed and that made it very challenging to work. I mean, those of you who have had problems with depression know that you know, I always think of depression. It's it's like this entity. It, it's this voice in your that lives inside your head and it lies to you. And it lies very convincingly because it lies to you in your own voice. It sounds like your voice. Um, and it works very hard to protect itself. And one of the ways that it protects itself is by keeping you from doing other things that would either make you feel better or at a minimum distract you from your own depressing thoughts. And so even as physically I was improving and I was getting up and around, um, you know, then you get that feeling of being overwhelmed by everything you didn't do while you were flat on your back, which sort of exacerbates your depression, which makes it harder for you to start doing those things because you have to not only overcome or, or not only really kind of nerve yourself to sit down and catch up on the mountain of work, but you have to overcome the voice in your head that's telling you you're never going to get it all done. There is no point. Uh, you're you're finished. You're done. Just just keep hanging around in your pajamas and and eating too much food and watching too much TV because there's nothing else that you are good for anyway. So this is where I've been um, the last few weeks, and and yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Um, I will tell you though, one of the things that started to pull me out of it. And and hopefully something that will be interesting and exciting for you guys is, is some exciting news that I got after I was out of bed and, and kind of trying to find the motivation to get back to work and, and resume my life. Um, I and, and this almost never it almost never happens that just when you need some bit of good news, a bit of good news actually drops into your lap. But in my case and, and this time it actually did happen and as with so many of the best things in my life, um, it is cat related. And I'm very excited to tell all of you all about it, uh, because I, I think, I hope at least, that that many of you will be excited about this as well. So I'm going to take a very brief break of about 30 seconds or so. And when I come back, I am going to talk to you guys about some of the positive things that have been developing in my my long absence. So sit back, relax, get comfortable, and stick around for more Curl Up With A Cat Tail. Thanks so much for sticking around. Um, I, you know, I have to say, by the way, and, and apologize a little bit in advance. So as everyone knows who has listened to this podcast for any length of time, I record it in my home 
in my closet, which is the the most naturally soundproofed room, probably the only naturally soundproofed room in my home. Not that a closet is a room, but it's a it's a good sized walk in closet. You know, the clothes help absorb some of the the ambient noise, and of course, I, I start doing this very early. I I start early in the day. Um, I get up at five o'clock in the morning, and when I record a podcast, it's usually at around six a.m. or so that I am recording, which tends to be a nice, quiet time in my neighborhood. But this this particular morning, uh, the construction guys who are working doing a gut reno on the house next door, they have gotten an early start, um, and apparently are feeling the need. And and they're not doing particularly loud work right now. But they are having sort of loud conversations on the street right in front of my – I mean, like on the sidewalk right in front of my house. So you may hear um, some very New Jersey guys in the background. Hey, yo, whoa, way, what are you doing? Where's the – you know, talking like that. Uh, and I apologize in advance. If you do, I'm going to correct as much of it in post as I can. Uh, but – I may not be able to get it all, so if if you hear some of that in the background, I do apologize. There, there's really nothing I can do. I suppose I could go out there and give them a hard time. It, it is kind of rude for them to be talking so loudly on the street at 6.30 in the morning, even given that today is a work day and that most people are going to be up and about relatively soon, because 6.30 is still really on the early side. I, I think before even on a work day before 7 a.m you're not really on the right side of of the noise question but what can I do um I think even if I went out there and and tried to shush them it would probably do nothing to engender any particular goodwill in these people who are going to be working next door to my house for quite some time so again apologies in advance and uh, and now on to the good news that i promised you at least i i hope you guys are as excited about at least some of this as i am so i i think i probably told you on an earlier podcast uh that i was trying to get a rights reversion uh for for love saves the day and a, what a rights reversion would mean is that basically random house would give the rights to the novel back to me and i could do whatever i want with it i mean hypothetically i could sell it to another publisher if there was another publisher who who wanted it but of course what i would really love to do would be to self publish a new edition of love saves the day and i'd also requested a rights reversion for homer's odyssey which i was not sure i was going to get but the book had they they weren't printing any more new copies. It looked like they had maybe taken the book out of print in the U.S. And that being the case, I would certainly rather self-publish Homer's Odyssey than just have it go away. So, you know, but then they kind of went back into production with Homer's Odyssey, and I didn't hear anything about anything else. And so I was kind of going on the assumption that that was my answer, that the fact that they had gone back into print with Homer's Odyssey uh, yeah, what was the answer to my question? Uh, but then I got some good news, uh, two bits of good news. So the first bit of, and I will give it to you in the order in which I received it. Um, and the first was Love Saves the Day. Uh, Random House is going to give me the rights back to Love Saves the Day. So there's going to be a new edition of Love Saves the Day with a new cover. Now, I am not going to... Um, rewrite anything in the book. I, I considered, because like at one point, you know, the book was written when it was written. I wrote it back in 
you know, 2000, I mean, I started writing it, I guess, in, in 2010, actually. Uh, it was published in 2013. There is a scene where Laura, one of the, the main characters, is on the subway using her BlackBerry, which is, of course, a, a now obsolete bit of technology. And I considered changing that. Um, maybe I still will. But my inclination, honestly, is to leave it. You know, I, I don't want to start down the path of rewriting the whole book. I feel like that way madness lies. It was written when it was written. The technology was what it was. And I also feel that if I give her an iPhone, if I give everybody iPhones, then there has to be a lot more texting and things like that. You know, things that that at the time that it was written, a lot of people, I mean, texting has been around for a while now, but people were not doing to the extent that they are now. Certainly, you know, Blackberries were not all about various apps and social media posting and and scrolling through other people's social media feeds. Um, there there really is none of that in the book. And I feel like if I start plucking on that thread, I, I have to keep pulling on it. And before you know what I'm doing, major rewrites, which is not really what I'm looking to do at this point. Um, I will tell you, though, what I am looking to do, and that is to write a new story about prudence which I am going to include in the new edition of Love Saves the Day. I believe what I'm going to do is release this new edition of Love Saves the Day around the holidays with the new story about Prudence, and it's going to be a holiday story, and I'm very excited about it. Um, It's not a sequel per se, certainly not a book-length sequel, but it'll be a nice, chunky story as told by Prudence in Prudence's voice, about her continuing adventures with her human family. I'm very, very excited about it. I really hope all of you are too. There's going to be a new cover also. I'm going to have the cover redesigned. Um, I like the cover of the paperback better than the cover of the hardcover book, but I've never been completely in love with either one. So I'm very excited about this. And I will let you know um, after I tell you my next bit of news how you can get your name and your cat's name into this book and also how you can get or you can be an early reader of the new story about prudence. Um, you can even get an early physical copy of the book. So all of this stuff is going to be possible. I'm going to tell you about it in a little bit. But but in the meantime, yes, there's going to be a new edition of Love Saves the Day. Um, and it's going to contain a new story about prudence. And this is, I'm going to be publishing this everywhere. So this will be available worldwide, um, holiday season 2023. So keep your eyes peeled. And on to the next exciting bit of news. Um, so as I told you, Homer's Odyssey went back into print. And so I assumed that, okay, you know, that that's a done deal. Um, and I was partially correct the U.S. edition went back into print, and so I I cannot get the a, a reversion of the U.S. rights for Homer's Odyssey. However, um, I was able to get a reversion because Homer's Odyssey has been out of print in the U.K. for a long time. Now you can still get used copies and and bargain copies, and and you could buy a U.S. copy and have it shipped to you, uh, but. It has been out. There has not been a a British publisher printing it in the UK, New Zealand, Australia, anywhere in the Commonwealth, basically, except for Canada uh, for over for like a decade, I guess, at this point, possibly more. Um, So I was able to get 
a reversion of the UK rights of Homer's Odyssey, which means that there is going to be a new United Kingdom and Commonwealth edition. So if you live in anywhere in the UK or New Zealand or Australia, there's going to be a new edition of Homer's Odyssey. For those of you in the US, I will say that the only thing that is going to be new in this book is the afterword. I'm going to write a new afterword for this new edition of the book. Again, I mean, the story is what it is, and I am not looking to rewrite the book. And the cover is going to be the same cover as the U.S. edition. I always felt like it was the U.K. cover. Um, and I generally am a fan of of the U.K. publishing industry. I, I own, somewhat ironically, I own many U.K. editions of books that are available in the U.S. because I like the U.K. covers better. But in the case of Homer's Odyssey, uh, you know, it was just there was not enough Homer. It it, it really does need to be the the cat. Uh, you know, I it, it's not clear. And I wrote the book, but it is still not clear to me, looking just at the cover of the book, that this is a book about a cat. So I am going to use the U.S. cover for this new, or a version of the U.S. cover for this new edition. And again, there there will be a new afterword that will only be available in the UK edition. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, well, I'm in the US and I would like to see this new afterword and I would like to have my name and my cat's name appear in this new edition of Homer's Odyssey. And I would like to have my name and my cat's name appear in this new edition of Love Saves the Day. And I would like to get an early copy of both of these things. And how can I make all of that happen? And I'm so glad you asked because I will tell you. Um, Head on over to my Patreon page. And that is like the word patron with the letter E in the middle. So it's P-A-T as in Thomas, R-E-O-N as in Nancy, patreon.com slash Gwen Cooper. And become a part of my Patreon community today. As a member of my Patreon community, and and you can read the benefits that you get at different levels, but at a certain level, you will be able to get your name and your cat's name featured in both of the new editions of these books. You will also get to be an early, regardless of what part of the world you live in, you will get to be an early first reader of the new story about Prudence and the new afterwards for Homer, new afterward for Homer's Odyssey in the UK. And depending on, again, your your level of patronage, you will also get free print copies, um, uh, pre, you know, signed print copies of these new books. And I'm going to record an audiobook edition of Homer's Odyssey to be released in the United Kingdom. And again, if, if you are in the U.S. and you would like to hear the uh, that audiobook, which I cannot release in the United States because of copyright issues, but I can offer it for free as a complimentary thank you to members of my Patreon community. So head on over to patreon.com slash Gwen Cooper. You will also, by the way, be among the first to see the cover reveal of the new cover of Love Saves the Day. So if any and all of this sounds good to you, head on over to patreon.com slash Gwen Cooper. And again, that's P as in Peter, A, T as in Thomas, 
R-E-O-N as in Nancy dot com slash Gwen Cooper and check it out. And by the way, and again, and I, I feel like it's important for me always to say this, um, the, you know, getting these, obviously, I'm hoping to sell some copies of these books. This is how I earn a living making money with my writing. But of course, just the process of getting new covers designed, of getting the rights back, of of having the books reformatted, which I'm going to have to do because the book sizes um, that are offered for self-publishing are slightly different than those that Random House used, which means that the entire interior of both books are going to have to be reformatted um, and of course, there's going to have to be some promotional activity to let people know that these new books are coming. And this is all an expensive undertaking. Um, this is, this is definitely going to set me back a little ways. Um, I would not even be able to think about doing any of this if it were not for the incredible and generous support of my Patreon community. Uh, starting with next week's episode, I'm going to be thanking all of you individually by name, but know that that you are making this happen. You, you are making this happen. And, you know, normally when somebody says, I couldn't have done it without you, they're speaking somewhat figuratively or they're talking about moral support. And, and by the way, moral support is incredibly, incredibly important, especially for in, in a situation like mine where my morale has been pretty low for the last five to six weeks. Um, but but also in a very practical nuts and bolts sense, I literally could not be doing this without you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. And I am so excited to share every step of this process with all of you as it unfolds over the next few months. And those of you in the UK, uh, for the first time in more than a decade, you can look forward to a brand new copy, not a used copy, not a secondhand copy, not one that's been sitting around in a box for more than a decade, a brand new copy of Homer's Odyssey. And of course, everyone can look forward to a new copy of Love Saves the Day with a new cover. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, I will tell you the one sort of funny thing that goes along with all of this is, um, so, you know, when, when there's a rever- a rights reversion, when your publisher gives you back the right, the publishing rights to a book that they've published, um, usually what, there's something in the contract in, with them that says that they have to offer you the, the files for the book at a discounted price. And what that means is the actual typeset laid out files, um, you know, the interior of the book, the the guts of the book. And again, the the self-publishing book sizes that I have available to me through Amazon and through Ingram Spark are slightly different than I think it's off by about half an inch from the size that Random House used to publish Love Saves the Day, which means that even when I get all the files for Love Saves the Day, it's still going to have to be reformatted. There's going to have to be some slight adjustments that are made. Um, but they all have to offer it to you at a at a, a, ver- a steeply discounted price, you know, less than they would normally charge you for that. Um, in this case, it's going to be a couple hundred dollars. But in the case of of Homer's Odyssey for the UK. They do not have to offer me because that's for a foreign territory. So they are not contractually, it's not a full reversion. So they are not contractually obligated to offer me the interior files at a reduced price. And the regular price, when it's not reduced, is more than I'm willing to pay. 
So I am actually right now in the process of retyping Homer's Odyssey from scratch. I should also add here that I wish I had a Word document that represented the final version of Homer's Odyssey. Um, But Homer's Odyssey, and this is the last book I worked on where this would be the case, but my editor and I did it the old-fashioned way. We did everything on directly on paper and then eventually handed that paper over to a typesetter in-house at Random House who, from the paper, typed up the book. Um, the point being that I, I, there is no Word document that that is the final edition of the book. And while I do have some versions of it in my computer, I, I mean, all these years later, I, I finished the edits on this in 2008 – so all these years later, I'm no longer sure which one is is the the best and final, let's say. So I am retyping Homer's Odyssey from scratch. I should add here that I actually type about 120 words a minute. Um, I took typing in high school, which I sort of took because I, I didn't want to take PE and I needed an elective. But as a writer has certainly turned out to be an incredibly useful skill. So I've been able to touch type since I was 15. And then many, 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 many years of, of writing and working on the computer has made me pretty fast, uh, which is another reason why I am loath to spend, you know, into the four, well into the four figures to acquire a, a typeset and formatted version of this book, especially since I would have to reformat it anyway to account for the different size. So I am retyping the book from scratch. Um, it really is like time travel. Uh, I, um, you know, I mean, time travel back to the time that's described in the book, which at the time was about, you know, as I was writing it, it was about, you know, some like Homer's earliest kittenhood was 11 years earlier And now it is, of course, 25, more than 25 years earlier. Um, So I'm definitely back in that time, but also back to the time where I was writing this. And the the prologue in the first chapter are very much a product of my – the prologue especially of of putting together a proposal to sell a publisher on the idea for this book. And I really had forgotten how much in the prologue I – concentrated on Homer's playful and mischievous side. And and this was for two reasons. I mean, number one, I wanted to kind of maybe present like a cat version of Marley and Me to some extent. You know, Marley and Me was was the sole hot pet memoir at the time. And so I I kind of was going in a, you know, when I wrote the prologue in a sort of that darn cat direction um, to 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 I mean, everything I put in there was true, but I really focused on Homer's mischievous and playful side because I I, I kind of wanted to remind people of, uh, you know, potential publishers of Marley and Me. And also because what I kept hearing from people who hadn't read anything, and when I say people, I don't mean my friends, I mean people in publishing, was that the idea of a blind cat seemed really sad. And who was going to want to read this really sad book about a really sad blind cat? And so I really wanted to emphasize just how happy and playful and rambunctious and and free-spirited Homer always was. And, you know, so I'm, I, it, it's interesting to remember what I was thinking, not just as a writer writing a story, but also as a working writer trying to sell a story when I was writing some of those earliest pages. Uh, and, you know, I, it's also, oh my God, it's, it's all of a sudden I'm living with Homer and Scarlet and Vashti again. And 
I'm sure all of you know, you, you've all been, you, you, maybe it's because you're looking at old photo albums or just because a, a wash of memory out of nowhere comes over you. Um, but, but truly the bittersweet nature of that because, oh my God, do I so sharply miss all three of those cats and especially Homer. I mean, like, like it's like a sharp, sharp missing of them that I have not felt so sharply for a long time. And, and yet there's also the joy, like, like it's in my, you know, I'm, I'm living with them again. So many little things that I had forgotten. I had forgotten how much Vashti loved, loved to sleep on, on hard things. She used to love to rest her little cheek against like, like the sharp corner of a huge dictionary or, or some similar, you know, or a coffee table book when she was napping. I never understood why she, she liked to sleep against hardness. Um, just little things like that. Or the way Homer, as a kitten, uh, before I learned to separate them, used to love to to throw the dry food from his dry food bowl into his into the water bowl. And of course, Scarlet and Vashti did not think that was cute and did not appreciate having to drink water that was full of dry cat food. Um, so I, I learned over time to separate the the dry and, you know, the, the food bowl from the water bowl. But anyway, the point being that I had completely, completely forgotten that about Homer. You know, the, the awful thing about time, you know, they, they say that time heals all wounds and that is very true. And, and grief obviously does recede with time, but time is also a thief, right? Time steals your memories. And I am just so grateful that that I wrote so much of this down as it was happening or while I still remembered it, while it was still fresh in my memory. Um, just so many little things that I had forgotten about those cats that I am getting to relive. And it is a beautiful thing. And I encourage everybody who is listening to this to you know, you may not be a writer, you may not like any, I'm not trying to talk anyone into making the same choices with their life or their career, certainly, that I have made, but jot things down. You, you know, the things that you think are funny, you don't have to write it like in a fancy way that somebody else could read it. Um, you know, we all have, very few of us have photo albums anymore. We we take pictures on our phones, we post them on social media, we're probably taking more pictures than we ever did. I mean, honestly, I have way more pictures of Clayton and Fanny than I ever had of my first three cats. Certainly the two, the three, the two of them as kittens, um, just way more pictures than I had of, of Homer, Scarlet and Vashti. But I think because we don't put them in albums, you know, we, we, we're not necessarily going back and looking at pictures in the same way. And we, we don't have the same things to inspire our memories about specific details. And I, I think it's always, a good idea to just, you know, little observations, just write them down, write a sentence or two. If there's some quirk or, or you know, some, something funny or moving or, or just quirky that your cat does that, that is a, a very specific, that you could see being a very specific memory for you, write it down, um, jot it down, find some way of recording it because I, it really is such a, a gift that, that past me has given to future me or I guess now future me is present me, but you understand what I'm saying. The past me has left for the me talking to you now, um, just this really richly detailed catalog of of all the little quirks and eccentricities and, and comedic little moments 
with my first three cats that I absolutely would. I did forget. I, I completely forgot them until I started doing this. And and it has been a real gift, albeit a bittersweet one over the last the last few days, for sure. Um, and on that note, I'm going to get back to my very busy schedule of retyping Homer's Odyssey in its entirety from beginning to end. So thank you so much for joining me and for being here. And I am going to do my level best to stay in good physical and mental health and not to leave you this way again. But please know that even if I do, I will always come back. I will always explain myself. I will always apologize to you for having left you. And I will always be grateful to all of you for still being here with me. And I look forward to talking to you again next week on another all new episode. And that concludes this episode of Curl Up with a Cattail with Gwen Cooper. Don't forget to invite your feline loving friends to listen to new episodes along with you. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, find out how to get your name and your cat's name included in my next book or leave comments or questions for me to answer in future podcasts. Head on over to GwenCooper.com now. Thanks so much for joining me. And don't forget to hug your cat today. <laughs>